dig it, Welcome. This is the final round of the Lucha Royale series from the West Box Court. We're so glad you could join us. It's been a great ride. We're loving it and hope you are too. On today's show, we go over kayfabe then and now. Also, what does it mean to be an independent contractor in today's pro wrestling industry? And are companies like the WWE being socially responsible with it? Also, some of our favorite storylines, some of these that made us fans of the wrestlers we'll be talking about. And also, for those who don't know yet, what is New Japan Wrestling? We'll get into all of it. Let's go. It's so funny that wrestling is always going to blur that line in kayfabe, which right. is kayfabe is the, the fictional storytelling of the storyline. So they want to blur that line and make it so real. They want to keep it kayfabe in the sense where they want to keep it storyline. But then that line is easily blurred nowadays where they want wrestlers on social media to kind of keep the storyline going, but also be real. Like that's their whole gimmick. Now we're in this, what is this called now? Reality era. Mm-hmm. Like we had the, the whole attitude era, the ruthless aggression era. And now we're in the quote unquote reality era. And now the latest controversy is, Vince McMahon sent out an edict to his talent that he doesn't want them on third-party platforms like Twitch, YouTube. Um, uh, what else are they? Just uh, any social media. Any, any third party. Any, yeah, Cameo. They don't want to do any oh, yeah, cameo. cameo recordings. And it's all because they want to protect the storyline. But it's hurting the wrestler's income, right? Because Cameo, uh, what was it? Uh, um, so one of the wrestlers is making like, oh, no, sorry. It's Paige. Over on Twitch, Twitch, who who's making like sixty grand, like in the first few days, so that's big money that he's taking away from his talent now, and he's trying to say what yeah. what do you, uh, there's he's trying to say that he owns not only their likeness the, and their stage name but their real names also, which I mean, come on, that's really messed up. Yeah, that's bull. To me, so, that, that that's a real big bull, and also it's one of those things where. Kayfabe, who, who, other than right now, The Fiend, that is living that, pretty much Bray Wyatt's living that, nobody else is doing it. Everybody, everybody's, that's what, the, that's what the whole thing about, it's, it's the reality era. Everybody wants to know the people behind the people and nobody minds yeah. it anymore. It, it, before it made sense. It was like The Undertaker, it was scary, which I think is, he's honestly like the last kayfabe person like the, the longest running and probably going to be one of the last pretty much mm-hmm. after bray wyatt yeah. probably but yeah. everybody else they want to know their backstories they, they that's why everybody always follows people all the wrestling fans yeah. on twitter they have their youtubes yeah. they have everything so why why how is that hurting wwe it doesn't hurt them at all whatsoever if their storylines yeah. aren't being hurt if there's a there if there's like a huge rival like there's a huge feud going on with them People still believe it because people are still watching the show. Not everybody's on Twitter. Not everybody's watching their YouTube. It, it to me, it it doesn't make sense. Do you yes. do you think it's probably better? Social media can be used to help enlighten a storyline in that sense. Where like, if you keep going back and forth on social, then it makes them. It's just another avenue to promote 
the the storyline, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So I think that's where Vince McMahon's coming from on this, but it's not right that he's trying to say I own also your real name too, because then you could have two burner accounts, right? Like you have your actual gimmick Twitter account and then your real Twitter account. That would be the only workaround yeah. that I could see, right? I don't even think he should. He's even able to do that. I, I mean, I'm I'm surprised they haven't pushed back on it. Um, which I'm sure he's banking on the fact that these guys, these wrestlers are all like dumb enough to not push back on it because technically it's like, dude, like they're independent contractors. You know, when I drove for Uber, I could drive for Lyft too. You know, yeah. they, Uber couldn't tell me I can't drive for Lyft. I could do that. I have the right to do that. And I feel like I don't, I mean, I'm, I don't know how they're playing it out behind the scenes. I mean, I know we saw the news report, but it always felt to me like it doesn't feel like that's something he can do. And um, I would hope that a lot of these uh, wrestlers or performers are not dumb enough to think that, like, their hands are now tied because they kind of aren't. Um, and uh, I think, if anything, it's I think we, it's like I said on the, the last pod that uh, on the last sports one that we did on West Box on episode 13, that it's never what you say, it's how you say it. And the fact of the matter is, is like, just like when I do music production, you know, I go by Drag of Beats. And my music profile is Dragon Beats. And ideally, what I should be posting is me making beats on there if I want to grow my profile, if I want to grow my audience. And that has to do with, that's kind of like my gimmick, if you want to think of it mm-hmm. in wrestling terms. So it's never what you say, it's how you say it. So if you were to say it the right way to these uh, the talent and saying, hey, like, you know, you work here and would you want to grow your audience like on Twitter, Twitch, whatever, um, we highly suggest that you still keep it within the character that you're doing here because this is, you know, it, if you make it believable, then, you know, obviously it's going to grow you. And then who knows where you can go from there versus this whole like, hey, you're not allowed to use a name because we're scared that people are going to find out you're not, who, you're, you're not who you are. And, you know, to Rick's point about uh, Bray Wyatt, uh, the fiend, I did hear him on ESPN, right? He got interviewed on ESPN as himself or whatever he is now well yeah and it's he, he and it's funny to see that he is being interviewed at his house he, you see him on his chair with his like family and all that and, and you see that on in social media and he's being interviewed and he's really answering these questions honestly like as if he's himself but then he does these little things in between like the laugh the way he laughs and the way he mm-hmm. laughs is like the way the, the the bray wyatt fiend character laughs and then he talks about like you know, he he says things in a way that he's trying to be very friendly to the other wrestlers and all that in this in ESPN interview. So at at some point for me, I'm like, is this the real Bray Wyatt or is this him being the fiend character Bray Wyatt? You, I can't tell. But see, that's worked. someone who who worked it out, who who figured out how to do both. And I think yeah. that that's kind of what it is. But I think the way Vince McMahon went about it right now with this whole thing is just. I don't know. It just feels weird. Like, I, I don't feel like it's right. I think it's it's like a fear tactic type of thing. And I think you should know how to talk to your talent a lot better. I'm sure he's just used to treating your talent like trash anyways. But it's like, it's you know, we are in a different era now where things get called out. With I mean, You have all this stuff coming out with cancel culture and, you know, rage culture and all that stuff. So you have to know how to come about this the right way. Um, so, yeah, it is weird. Um but I think that, yeah, I think you just got to know how to coach your talent the right way. That's all. Well, I mentioned to Rick when, when this first happened um, that this is the, the straw that's going to break the camel's back now and that these uh, workers now have to unionize. 
Like this is it. Like this is what they're going to rally yeah. around to be the their rallying cry to unionize now because there there's no more uh, John Cena there to like stop it because that's been the biggest face. There's no big face in their company right now Mm-mm. that they could all band together now. I mean, the biggest face yeah. you could say is Roman Reigns. Yeah. And as long as they get him on board, then now's their chance to unionize. Because yeah. th- this has to be it. Th- this is really messed up that a company, yeah. Vince McMahon, who's running this company, but he runs it as a big giant corporation. The, the fact that they don't yeah. have medical care for themselves, that they're all pensioned, it's not right. They have to be unionized. And this has yeah. to be it. You can't own so. their names and own everything and then not take care of them when they need to be taken care of at the same time. That just seems very unfair. So. You know, it's, it's well, ridiculous. He's used to that, though. But that's the thing. When you saw all of his contracts, every time you hear about somebody signing a contract with them and then you just read all these stipulations and all the fine prints is like, oh, wow, I can't do this. I can't do that. Yeah. And then a, a lot of times, like I barely started figuring out about the whole thing where they can add time because you got hurt and you're you're just sitting on the sidelines. I never thought that. Oh, well, you know, when just when it's like August 10th is your last day. But I did. I thought that's it. You know, August tenth is it. But the thing is, if you got hurt before that, they actually it's like they put a freeze on your contract. Yeah, you still can't go anywhere else. But they put like a freeze on your contract, like the time you go. Oh well, you know, you were out for those six months. So now we're gonna add those six months after the point. I'm like, yeah, you what? still owe. Us yeah, those six months it's like what? What the hell? Yeah. What the hell's going on? That doesn't make sense. But it's always the wording on their on their contracts, and I don't know how their contracts look. But there, I I can't imagine somebody somebody overlooking that, or maybe they can because they're so excited that they're going into the WWE. Because everybody's every wrestler's every every wrestler's dream is to be into the WWE. It's it's you know it's yeah. the thing. It's what everybody's fighting for. But I can't yeah. believe you would sell in a way your soul because you're selling your name, you're selling your your face, you're selling everything to them. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, that that goes into a different conversation as to people who pursue wrestling, you know, the kind of people that they are. And mostly people who, you know, probably grew up in a rough background or something. I mean, you hear the stories. I mean, you've heard the rock story. He always talks about seven bucks production. You know, I only had seven bucks on my hand or, you know, and then eventually I I made it out. So you, you get people who don't have this high education or high intellectual background to know when things are being said in the wrong way to them, that they're just like, okay, like it's my opportunity. Let me take it. Anyone want to say something? Yeah. Um, I was going to jump in earlier because, but, but now that you just said what you just said, I was going to say, I don't understand what his, what Vince McMahon's end game is here, because if he had done this 20 years ago, I mean, think about it. You just said the biggest name in the history of this company is the rock. When you think about what, that person is doing now you know think about it. he's still yeah. we he's referred to as everybody as, as the, rock, the rock his kayfabe yeah. name think about that yeah. for a second mm. he's yeah. potentially gonna be there's rumors that he could be even run for president guess what yeah. he's probably gonna run as dwayne johnson aka the rock yeah the rock president the rock so yeah. to to take away that ability is uh, th- that alone, his success story alone should be enough for any wrestler aspiring to get into the business to be like, whoa, hold up. You want to prevent me from potentially doing 
this, that, and this after my career is over? Mm-hmm. It's idiotic, you know? So yeah. I, I don't see this holding up. I don't, I think it's just a classic Vince move where he's trying to get one over on his talent. Um, he knows he, he, it won't hold up, um, but it's part of a yeah. bargaining plea. You know, he's asking for this much so that in reality he can get this much. He knows he can't get the whole thing, but he's he's starting there, so that it makes it seem like when oh we only gave up, you only gave up some of your rights. Well, yeah, fuckers, you still gave up some <laughs> of your rights though. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I think yeah. that's the big play here is what it feels like. Well, as it stands now, every talent who gets released or comes or ends or whose contract ends with WWE has this 90 day no compete clause. Which means that gives uh, that means whenever they're done with WWE on X date, they can't start at their next company on the say on American television for ninety days, for for that. So give so that gives them that talent window to like kind of die down and lose steam from the last time they were on WWE television. Kind of gives the audience a chance to forget them, and that's yeah. in every contract, but. Uh, what a lot of independent talent was doing when they were signing to WWE as a few years ago, they were keeping their their original names. Most of them were, and they, and and that was the contract. I'm sure that was worked out in their contract. So whenever they get released from WWE, because they're kind of expecting it already at that point, that they could go back on the independent scene and still use that same name. So yeah, so it's a branding thing. And but the you only know, and but that's why and all that and that's why I love that WWE that is making a concerted effort to go after not independent talent anymore because they've kind of dried up that 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 juice. But they're also going over people who were former NFL players, uh, fitness models, and bodybuilders because those people don't are just so happy to sign that WWE contract that they're going to sign away their their name not likeness and and everything just to get into WWE and have a second another chance at a phys- athletic career on television and all this all this happened thanks to the NWO <laughs> <laughs> I mean really it, it really did it was Kevin it was Kevin Nash he couldn't go to WCW, or neither could Razor Ramon as Diesel or Razor right. Ramon. You're right, and yeah. and Vince McMahon got fucked over by that, you know. So that's where the hence the uh, Kane, aka Diesel number two, was born mm-hmm. about because Vince mm-hmm. only owned the rights to the character and the likeness of those characters. You're right. You're completely right. So yeah. here goes Kevin Nash to the competitor and and Scott Hall. And they blow up over there, yeah. and Vince gets nothing of that. <laughs> Do you see what yeah. I'm saying? So he's just trying to avoid yeah. that from happening again um, in the future. Now with AEW blowing up, or all these other circuits starting to gain a little bit more. North and it goes to the it goes to the point that you had made earlier, Sonny, about how big the Rock is now. And I think a part of it is the fact that they don't want to see that happen again. Yeah. You know. Um, it's it has to be WWE above everybody, um, similar to how ESPN does their thing now, where uh, ESPN doesn't let you do anything outside of ESPN, and you know. But then you see all these other companies in sports that like hang out with each other. Like you know, I see Big Cat from Barstool hanging out with Brian Russillo from The Ringer, and they do a pod together and stuff, and they can basically be in across platforms. But ESPN doesn't allow for that, and 
it has to be a ESPN above everybody. And I think that's why when you see a lot of these former ESPN guys like Colin Cowherd and uh, Skip Bayless and all that leave, um, they tell you stories of like, yeah, like I wasn't allowed to do this. I couldn't talk to this person publicly and all that. But they, they have friends in those circles and they come off very like kind of like spiteful for the for the brand. But then ESPN also feels like, well, they were getting too big for us to 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 contain and I think what they're trying to do now is they're trying to they're trying to prevent for as much as I think they love the rock and they like to feel like, well, we kind of help build them up and all that. They also don't like the fact that he's doing everything he is doing now as the rock and Vince gets nothing of that. Right. You know, exactly. if you're talking about just the gimmick name, you know, so it, it's crazy. But I think that's what they're trying to prevent. I don't think that they're not getting Vince isn't getting anything out of it, though, because if you look up. Dwayne The Rock Johnson, as every kid is going to look up, the first thing that's going to pop out is his his WWE legacy of what he's done. So people are going to get eyes. You're going to still get eyes to the WWE, no matter where he goes, what he does. He's very connected. Yeah. He's very, he's like you said, he's one of the legends of WWE now. So yeah. there's no way that Vince isn't getting something out of it. I mean, he's not getting merch out of it, obviously. But the thing is, yeah. he's still getting eyes and ears, and everybody else that's doing Twitch, the YouTube, uh, all their t- YouTube channels, all everything cameo, they're still doing. They're still getting eyes and ears to the WWE. There's there there's no way that they're not. It's not going back to the WWE. Maybe it's because he doesn't yeah. have control of how it's happening or what's actually gonna happen after that point. Maybe that's not the. Yeah. That's not what he likes and. Going off of how much I've paid attention, that he doesn't like that at all. He likes yeah. the one. He's the one that likes to have the string on the carrot. He's the one pulling up the carrot when you're trying to grab it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. if and he's not yeah. the one in control of that, where it feels like he's the one that that can't grab that carrot, then he doesn't like it. But you, you think it was the yeah. Tony Schiavone cameo that really straw that broke the camel's back for him? Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, the one I sent you. Oh man, the oh, very explicit uh, Tony Schiavone yeah. one. No, I'm surprised by that. Yeah, it's just one of those things. Is like I don't, I don't. Sometimes Vince is just he's just trying to control a little too much. It's just I think he's too I much. Think he, I think he's just a scared. Well, especially yeah. now because before he, uh, before there was no nobody else. He bought out WCW. He did. You know, ECW is gone. There was nobody else. There was only over the overseas and Indies. There was New Japan. There yeah. was All Japan. There was you know. Um, just the indies, PWG, R, uh, um, damn ROH, mm-hmm. and it was it was one Ring of those of things. Honor. Ring of Honor, yeah, it was one of those things where nothing DNA was impact. Oh well, oh yeah, I keep on always forgetting about impact. I'm sorry. <laughs> you and every other oh, yeah. wrestling fan and impact oh, or TNA, you know, uh, it's one of those things where it's just like there was nothing else. But now mm-hmm. AEW showed up. And AEW has brought it to intention, brought, you know, Vince McMahon, it's showing, hey, we can do this and we can but, do this better and we can show you how to do it. Well, and, he's, and he's just scared now. The catalyst for AEW being a, a threat is the actual money that's behind it. I oh, mean, because yeah. there's always yeah, there, there's always been threats, like, like as you mentioned, the Ring of Honor, the Impact, all that. But the fact that AEW actually has pockets behind it, like has deep pockets behind it. Because the Tony Khan, Tony Khan and his family yeah. own the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Fulham uh, FC over in the Premier League, that there's money behind them. It's not just they're not based, they're not relying solely on the wrestling revenue. Because if you talk to a lot of independent promoters, 
they don't make money. Uh, wrestling doesn't really generate a lot of revenue for these promoters. It's going to be merch. Yeah. It's going to be travel. That's where they make their money. That's how WWE makes all their money is is their is their road shows. But right now, I think it's all coming in off their TV product, their TV contracts, because that's also another huge uh, uh, money uh, revenue for them. And the AEW has a bit of revenue from a TV contract, but it's mainly the football and and uh, American football and football. Is so, it Shahid Khan? Yes. Yeah. Well, Tony yeah, Khan, his, his dad, son. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tony Khan's the one that runs it. So now there's an actual threat to your point, and you at the at the beginning it's a it's a it's a great thing for wrestling fans to have a better product, but at the end of the day, it's these wrestlers have other choices or other avenues to make an income. Yeah. But when you take away the Twitch aspect, that's that's goes beyond the income level. It goes beyond. It goes to the the ethics, right? Like al- yeah. allow them to 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 own their own freaking name. That's really messed up. I'm surprised they don't have like a like a a social media training team that can train them up on how to properly social media via their character so that way they don't have to feel cuz it feels like such a, a a move like where they're just scared that you know they're going to give up some stuff that they shouldn't you know mm-hmm. but it just comes off wrong i'm like dude just teach them how to run social media properly and and they'll be fine you know but again that's all training that's all work and i don't know if they want to do that kind of work i think they're so used to just you being good at the ring and being good at promos and that's kind of like as much as we need you for and that's what you got to do it's so weird because you can use social media to build up a wrestling storyline to me that comes to mind right now because this is now this is new wrestling storyline is enzo amore and uh tamatanga using their social media to build up a wrestling storyline because tamatanga uh, enzo and Cass, who were with wwe uh for a while and were released, crashed a Ring of Honor New Japan product in Madison Square Garden, and ta- and it's very evident in that actual event <laughs> that Tabatanga uh, did not like them being there, and it was because you know here's a shoot for you, Sonny. Tabatanga had no idea this was going to happen. Oh. Legit yeah. did not know this Ouch. was going to happen because Ring of Honor was working with them, but it was a co-branded event between Ring of Honor and New Japan. And so Ring of Honor knows, but Tamatanga is part of New Japan, doesn't know this is going to happen. He's out there working his match, sees these guys jump the railing, sees them start working with Ring of Honor talent, and he is pissed. He is visibly pissed on the ropes. Like, what the hell? He's pointing at them, like, get them the fuck out of here. What the hell's going on here? He would, if if he could, if he could have gotten to them, he would have probably given them some shots. Damn. Like, oh, yeah. legit. Oh, like yeah. a fan jumping up the railing. Oh, like, man. we've seen those YouTube videos when fans jump over the railings to wrestling shows. Doesn't end well for them. Oh, Never no, ends well. No Never way, ends well. Dude. It doesn't matter who's the heel or what, dude. It's getting popped by either or. It doesn't. Even, it doesn't broken. Yeah, it goes. It goes real fast away. That's where the real life likeness is as happening, and they're gonna they're gonna break oh, yeah. kayfabe. Oh yeah. Um. So that and now they've been going back and forth because this is real heat uh, apparently, and now that it's gone from real heat to like, hey, at the end of the day, you know what? We're workers. We might as well put on the show. And I think it was a Tamatanga on the Chris Van Vliet show where he's like, you know what? When the price is right, I'll work. I'll work with them. Like, let's see who's going to pay us. Because that's where it comes down to. Use social media together with wrestling storylines on TV and work them in unison. And I think that's where Vince McMahon's coming from. But he's going about it in a terrible way. 
And so let's get into storylines. What would you say is your favorite storyline that you've seen on WWE's product, Rick? Right now, when, or like ever? Ever. It, it it probably has to be Stone Cold Steve Austin versus the corporation. With, with, we get it. You're a Stone Cold. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. I mean, come on. It, tell me how it wasn't it great every single time when Austin just made fun of freaking Vince McMahon. Every single time he go out there and just, I'll pretty much make him piss his pants with a gun. And then when he <laughs> came out with the with the truck with the with the freaking uh, beer truck, beer truck, and just slamming him with all the, it was great. Yeah. Uh, for me, it was always great. That was to me that that, that was like one of the best storylines. Uh, Donald, what would you say is your favorite storyline? Mm. I was gonna say the Stone Cold. <laughs> <laughs> See, you know, so you know, the there's other wrestlers to. besides Stone Cold guys. Yeah, there's a Rock. I know, right? Let's go with the Rock. Yeah, and there's Shawn Michaels, <laughs> and then there's Shawn Michaels. Shawn. <laughs> uh, uh, Sonny, I, I, I'll let Donald I'll let you think about I, it. For yeah, a I got, I got yeah, one. Yeah. I think Kane and Undertaker. Oh, oh that was okay. Kane and Undertaker yeah, was an awesome. Was good... Like it was borderline believable, man. Like I remember watching it in real time and being like, "Is that really his brother?" <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, well, because that's what that's the first thing you hear when they when he comes out. Is like that's exactly. his brother Kane. Yeah. Like that's the first couple lines they say. That's so gotta be you kind exactly. Yeah. So exactly. yeah. The, the part of Paul Bear being like the stepdad was a little like what? <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> like uh, yeah. that kind of broke it a little bit. But I think initially, I, I like that. It was super gross. <laughs> <laughs> but I think initially, um, just that storyline in itself was awesome. Like. Up until that point, there was really nobody in the lineup that like you could think really, really could beat the Undertaker. You know what I mean? If he was on his game, so to speak, like you'd be like, "There's no way the Rocks, Uncle, none of them want any heat with him." Like if he would destroy them, and then here comes this dude Kane, and with the storyline that's just like, "Oh shit, there's somebody who might be better than this dude, or bigger, or more menacing." Um, so I remember that storyline being like one of my favorites. Uh, when it nice. first happened, uh, Donald. Um, damn, that was a good one too. <laughs> Taker, not gonna lie. When you said it, it hit me. I'm like, damn, that was a good line. Remember when you first came in and how it made me feel like, dang, like it's crazy. He's like this guy that can uh, take him on at least yeah. same size and everything. Um, oh, I, I would say you know, Rock versus Stone Cold yeah. was always cool to see just because of how big they were, and I think as fans, you've always wanted to see what a match between those two would look like and um yeah it was really cool seeing i think they played what well, forgot which wrestlemania they 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 did together right yeah, they did three one. they did three together they did yeah. three oh. they did a I trilogy i think you're yeah. thinking about wrestlemania i want to say it was 17 where I they where they 17. had the, the limp biscuit uh my way intro package yeah, that, yeah, yeah. iconic That's the one yeah yeah, so, yeah, no, I, I always thought it was cool. And, I mean, just the way they s- set up the matches, you know, because I think it was uh, it was always, like, I think, rock bottom, and then he kicks out of it. And yes. you're like, what the heck? And then Stone Cold's trying to do a stunner, and then he, the rock kicks out of it, and then the rock does the elbow. And it's, like, always, like, you're trying to figure out, like, it, it always felt like when I watched an anime, and it would always be, like, the, the main character going against the boss, and the character does, like, their best move. And the boss still is up, and it doesn't doesn't defeat them. And I, as a fan, you're watching, you're like, what what can they do to beat them? And now it feels like there's a bit of a mental edge to it. Um, but man, they they always sold out the 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 match for sure. They always made you feel like 
this is what wrestling is supposed to be like, you know. I so yeah, don't knock the uh, the Yokozuna storyline. Ooh, yeah, that was dude. that was a great one. The one where, uh, and then Lex Luger comes and he finally lifts, finally lifts lifts him. him. Yeah. yeah, like that whole build up to nobody could because yeah. that was another guy when he first came. It was like nobody's gonna be able to get this guy down. You know, yeah. Are you kidding me? And then Lex yeah. Luger, you know, being the what, the total well before in the WWF, what was his what was his um. The narcissist. The narcissist. That's right. Um, being the guy to come and like finally lift him up. It was like what? I it was like on the on a naval yeah. ship on yeah. Fourth of July. Yeah. It was all American. Yeah, yeah that was that was yeah. amazing. <laughs> another another one I liked. Um, I think is because I used to like watch a lot of martial arts stuff growing up. Um, was uh, Ken Shamrock versus um, Blackman. St- yeah, Steve yeah, yeah, Blackman. Steve Blackman. Yeah. Um. Especially because they did have that one kind of uh, what was it the uh, the lion's den match oh, where it felt yeah. like a, it was like it was like the closest thing to the octagon from UFC. Yeah. And it was like the one time you could see them explore like the MMA world in the wrestling format, and I thought it was cool because they had the weapons, you know, kendo, and I like that the weapons were very martial arts driven: kendo stick, nunchucks, and um, yeah, I was always a fan of Ken Shamrock just because I like the fact that he came from the UFC world, that he came from like a martial arts background. And I like Steve Blackman, too, because he was also a martial artist. So I thought it was just cool that they explored that for a bit, that they tad, that they toyed with martial arts in the wrestling format. So, yeah. I credit Ken Shamrock for informing me on what the UFC even was as a kid. Like, I had no idea that that thing existed until Ken Shamrock was in the WWF. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, where did he come from? The world's dangerous, man. Why? You know, and then... Yeah, the world's... And then yeah. you find out. It's crazy. Like, and then he, he he definitely had my favorite move, which was the ankle lock. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I always loved it when he did it. And I always felt like, man, that looked like the most painful thing you can do to someone in terms of like, if you were to actually, especially because the announcer, I think it was Michael Cole or no Jim Ross in, uh, at the time. And uh, they, they would sell you and the announcer that like, that, that he could possibly break this guy's ankle. Yeah. And then yeah. I always thought like, man, if he did that, that guy can't walk. Like, <laughs> wow, we'll have to be on crutches. And it made me believe that Shamrock was this world dangerous man because he could just break your ankle. And if he broke your ankle, you're going to be on crutches and that sucks, you know? <laughs> Um, so I always thought that was cool. Just don't hand Shamrock a mic. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> His promos were caught trash. Anti-charisma. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 I love it. Donald, you brought, you p- made me touch on two different storylines that I really enjoyed. Uh, one as a kid growing up was the ultimate warrior Papa Shango storyline. Yes. Oh Yeah. I believe that shit was real. Dude. Because you the way you talk about Ken Shamrock, like I believe he could break his ankle. Like I believe Papa Shango could do voodoo. Green blood. And, and he was making Undertaker uh making Ultimate Warrior vomit. Like he how what's he gonna do? He, he can't wrestle now. He's gonna he has him possessed. <laughs> I, just I don't know what he did to him. The green blood, dude, yeah. coming down from his forehead. Dude, I totally As forgot about kid, that one. Yeah. I remember that and be like I'm scared of this guy only to find out that <laughs> only that, to find out that that dude was, you know, um, the pimp, uh, the, the Godfather. Godfather. Later the Godfather. on, yeah. The yeah. Godfather. He came out with the whole train. <laughs> yeah. It was like, that's Papa Chago. <laughs> Damn. It's come a long way. <laughs> and then he was a supreme fighting machine. He had three faces, just like Mick Foley. Four phases. I mean, you count the Nation of Domination. Well, yes. Run, that's, oh, that's know? right. He wasn't, You're right. He wasn't the Godfather yet, technically. No. So. Yeah. Oh um, man! But my favorite storyline, uh, re- most recently, 
uh, when you talked about anime and the, and the false finishes is something from New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that's Kenny Omega versus uh, Kishiko Okada. Um, oh man! Oh my God! The buildup for that—that that was in just what winning G one turn. Well, Kenny Omega, uh, you know, a Canadian in the Japanese profession in a Japanese league over there, New Japan Pro Wrestling, and that journey from light heavyweight to heavyweight, uh, and at that time being the leader of the Bullet Club, which is what we talked about before, one of the best factions. I, I remiss not bringing a Bullet Club when we talked about great factions because bullet club is what the nwo was the end bullet club brought back and did a different twist to it and brought it to a current fan base now because bullet club was amazing you'll see those shirts everywhere now bullet oh, yeah. club shirts everywhere hot topic yeah. everywhere and yeah. which is if there's no bullet club there's no aew there's no aew to talk about right now but for me the kenny omega Okada storyline there all paying off and just what was it two uh failed runs at the IWGP heavyweight championship right Rick do you yeah, remember was it, was it two, two failed two ones failed runs. one 60 minute draw he wrestled at the was it the Wrestle Kingdom match that was Wrestle Kingdom I think it was they wrestled for six, oh Kenny Omega and Okada Okada the champion right mm-hmm. Okada was champion I believe was it for two straight years that I don't remember. I don't remember how it was, long he, he was, was one on. of the longest he was, reigning. He was one of the longest reigning, yeah. Because I think before that, it might have been Brock Lesnar. Right. And a 60-minute draw. Think about that, Sonny. 60, uh, uh, just like the Iron Man Yeah, match. I was going to say, it's the Iron Man match, right? But, <laughs> but okay, but the difference between <laughs> the 60-minute draw in the Iron Man match and this IWGP title match, the physicality behind it. Because New Japan matches... They smack each other with these slaps to in the middle of a match. To it's very oh, anime esque in the sense we're like I've, I've expended I've expended all my energy. I can't go anymore. We're like forty minutes into a match. I can't go anymore. And then all of a sudden, your opponent slaps you in the like a like a real slap to the face. Not like these wrestling fake you know fake wrestling stuff. <laughs> these are like smacks to the face that are not being held back these are not working slaps these are real slaps shoot slaps oh yeah and and then all of a sudden you have to hit your opponent back with another shoot slap and they they do that to wake the crowd up as much as wake themselves up like holy crap these guys are about to get after it and then they go with more high spots 40 minutes into a match. Damn. This isn't like when you think when I think back at that 60 minute match with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, what was it? It was the the sh- the the super kick to the to the cameraman. Mm-hmm. Like that's one of the high spots there and it was great technique throughout that 60 minutes, but th- these are physical 60 minutes here. And it was a draw, Kenny Omega and you think that's it that, that was his last chance at it cuz it was. So he had a win G1 and then get the shot at Dominion, right? Yeah, he he had to win G one to get to which G one, and he was the first ever North American to win the G one. The G one tournament is a month long tournament where you yeah. wrestle, uh, what what is it? Six matches in a group, and mm-hmm. then once you win that group, then you wrestle a final. It's kind of like almost like the World Cup. <laughs> <laughs> you have to win. You have to win your group, yeah. then wrestle a final, and then you win. But if you lost in your group, 
the, the whoever you lost to in your group, you they get to challenge you for your championship, like your championship opportunity. It's freaking nuts the storylines that New Japan comes out with. Because well, yeah, because their win loss actually count. That's they, they were, it matters. They, that's the one thing. It mattered. Your win loss ratio actually mattered in WWE. You could have been a new person. You could have lost like five times, but if you know Vince McMahon wants you to win, you're gonna win. You're gonna get a title shot. Over there, no. It, you have to win. Yes, of course, everything is already premeditated. It was, but the thing is, it made it more like, oh my God, he needs to win this one. Or like he lost a match with a man he like he shouldn't have lost. It's like, oh my God, why did he lose that match? And then I don't know, how is he going to get back those points to actually get to the freaking finals? <laughs> like, what the hell is going on? It just it just adds just like a, a lower, like just Another- intensity. Yes, it's just like, yeah. oh my God, it's so great. There's post-match interviews done behind oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know, the banner ads. It's very sports-like. Yeah. They feel like an actual sports. There's still photographers there yeah. at ringside. They're, you know, they treat they actually cover it in the sports section in Japan too. So they treat it with this element of sport, knowing that yeah. it's it's a show. Yeah. <laughs> so that's why yeah. when you talk about anime, <laughs> it's like that's what New Japan is to me. It's it's like real life anime with that with wrestling. Like it's so awesome. Yeah. You guys are doing yourself a disservice if you're not watching New Japan Pro Wrestling. You should really be watching it. Uh, New Japan's so much fun. It's just... It, and, How and do it you makes, watch New Japan Wrestling? It's You could watch it on, what, AXS right now. It's still doing the, the New Japan, I think. Uh, and then New Japan World. They actually have their own website. NJPWWorld.com. Mm-hmm. Sign up for that. 999 yen, yen. per yeah. month. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Which it, is but, equivalent which is to ten what, bucks a 10 month. Bucks? Just, yeah, yeah, <laughs> pretty much is ten bucks. But it, it's it's so much fun. It's it's a, such a different. When do they style. go on? When do you mean when they go on, dude? They, yeah, when when was the schedule? Like what's what's the TV schedule, or is it just like they just upload the episode and you watch it? Well, they, they do they do pretty much like pay per view shows mm-hmm. in the sense where like they do big events. Like Wrestle Kingdom is their uh, WrestleMania. And it's every mm-hmm. January 4th, no matter what day of the week it falls on. It's January 4th in the Tokyo Dome. And then there's this yeah. uh, New Year Dash, which is like the Raw after WrestleMania, where they start building up the storylines for the following year, like throughout the year. Dominion is like their SummerSlam. Then you have uh, the G1, which is that tournament for you to be able to challenge the World Heavyweight Champion which is starting at up the right next now. Wrestle Kingdom, which is just about to get started. Yep. Yeah, and That's a month-long tournament. You wrestle. There's two groups, and you get three points. Was it three points for every win? Uh, one point yeah. for a draw, no points for a loss. It's, it's like soccer. Yeah, and it, whoever has the most, whoever is the group winner, they wrestle each other for in the final, and then that winner goes on to wrestle the champion in Tokyo Dome, main event, the Tokyo Dome. But if you lost in mm. your group, which you obviously will, they get to challenge the contract winner to that their their contract for the championship at the Tokyo Dome, and it's all. Like like it's predetermined, yeah. obviously, right? But it's treated like that yeah. sport, so you yeah. you're you you're more invested into it. You get invested with it for the the show and the sport aspect of it too, which is a really fine balance. Yeah. So, Sonny, do you want my login for yeah. NJPW yeah, hook World? It up. <laughs> hook it up. You I'm look down. like you're ready. I'm for down it. to give it a give it a, a try. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's just gonna be so much difference you're gonna see it's just a different style of wrestling how mexican wrestling lucha libre is all high flying and a bunch of spots Uh, and new japan is just 
It's it's a lot more of a mental thing. It's where they're just hitting themselves. They're hitting each other. I mean, hard. Like there is not a whole, they're not holding back. It's like one of those things where you could tell in WWE is like, oh my god, he missed them entirely. What the hell are you talking about? Yeah, He's, he just sold it like he got hit, but he missed them entire. There is no missing. It's just like a boot to the face. Is like, oh my god, it's just he really got kicked in the face. It's like there was no because. With New Japan, it's always just been because how it started off. It was it was Enoki. It was Antonio Enoki. He wanted to make it real. He wanted to make it. He wanted to make wrestling and and uh, martial arts together. That's what he was the whole thing. So they do real kicks. They do real you know punches. They do all that stuff. Well, not as much as before, real. but yeah. yeah. But it's still one of those things where where they, when they're gonna show the chops when they're actually like they're all both like how Alex says they're both tired and they're both they're they're doing real hits they're 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 chopping at each other they're punching each other there's not a real thing I mean it's it's obviously just gonna freaking or it's as so much all fun. of our as our favorite wrestler would our, our all of our favorite wrestlers Stone Cold Steve Austin would say they work in stiff yeah they work they- <laughs> <laughs> Okay. It's, it's a great style to see. Wow. Where well, I learned something new today. I definitely have to check out New Japan now. Alex and Rick really sold me on it. Hope you guys enjoyed this mini-series. I realized I haven't done the usual thing you hear from podcasters about subscribing, rating, and reviewing us. But it would really mean a lot to us if you did. Please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Spotify and subscribe to us on Google Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast feed. Let us know what you think. We'd love to hear from you. I know Alex and Rick are revved up to chop it up again in 2021. Follow Sonny Hermano, our amazing co-host. He has another show called the Fox Crate Podcast. If you love music and culture, that's the show for you. Until next week, guys. Later.